Well, welcome to another edition of Bolton In, all thanks to Palmerbet, of course, and what a wonderful few weeks it's been, the Autumn Racing Carnival racing this weekend, heads back to Ramwick. We've got the uh, Doncaster Mile, the TJ Smith, the Australian Derby, the size produce, and then Bendigo in Victoria too. Uh, it is a cracking day as well, but I say a very very good morning, evening, whatever it might be. I'm going to start with you, Shane Anderson. It looks like it's morning over there in Copenhagen. Mate, how are you, buddy? Yeah, Maddie, I'm great. Good to be back with you. Good to see you too, Adam. Uh, yeah, it's morning. It's raining. It's typical Copenhagen weather. I've been hit with the flu. We're supposed to be entering into summer. Uh, so I'm hoping and praying, but... The good thing is we're in a bit of form. We found some winners last week, so hopefully that can roll through to what shapes as being a fantastic uh, big day of racing, particularly at Ramwick on Saturday. Uh, it's going to be an absolute beauty. And you boys did find some winners, of course, Cascadian, uh, Prowess, uh, Pontadera, Shano. Um, plenty going on last week for the people that are watching this show. And that's where you're finding all the winners. Adam McGrath, as we say, good evening to you, mate. Uh, all the way from LA. How's married life treating your buddy? Uh, you've been a couple of weeks down there, mate. Everything's going well? Still got the ring on, so that's a positive sign. And uh, thankfully, Cascadian and the Quinella helped out last week just to take away some of that pain of the wedding costs and uh, some of the travels as well. But hopefully we can add to that list uh, this week and find a few more as well. Yeah, my oath. And uh, just going back to the Australian Cup uh, last weekend, uh, it was a big field, a great ride. It was Benny Mellum's day last Saturday, boys. Uh, he was on fire and it was a real 10 out of 10 ride. He never panicked at any stage, did he, Benny? He just got the horse into a good rhythm. At one stage, you kind of thought he was going to run into a bit of trouble. He was climbing over their backs. But when he got into that clear galloping space, Shane, he just uh, he just let down beautifully well. And it was a really convincing victory, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, great to see Cascadian, you know, do it again. Uh, he's been a horse that's got so much ability, but I think Ben Mellon's ride on him was superb. Um, timed it to perfection. Um, I was cheering Numerian. I thought I was home inside the final 200 metres until I saw the Godolphin Blue coming home with mighty strides. But so many great stories have come through that race. I think another angle for, for those of us who love the history of Australian racing is to see James Cummings. I think that was his 40th career Group 1 success. But, of course, the Australian Cup's been won by his brother, Edward. It's been won by his father, Anthony, and, of course, his legendary grandfather, Bart. So that family history in the race uh, is quite remarkable. But it was a, a really, really impressive day of racing last weekend, I thought. Yeah, you're right. 40 groups, one, uh, group one wins for James. Bart, his granddad, 246 group one. So he's got a little bit of ground to make up on the legend in the, in his grandfather in Bart. But uh, And what I loved about Cascading, so he's done it in the all-age stakes over 1,400 metres, group one winner. Doncaster winner over the 1,600, but now over the 2,000 Australian Cup. There is three group one wins. And uh, he's kind of, uh, he, he's a pretty versatile racehorse, isn't he? Yeah, you'd love to have one of him in your stable, wouldn't you? I mentioned that I thought he could be in career best form at his age and he's just showing that versatility. He travels everywhere. He takes in all conditions. He gets over toughness. Uh, I'd love to own a runner like him. So well done to the team. And I don't think it has to end there. As I said, I think he's in career best form at the moment. I think he can keep finding some suitable races at this time of the year. What about, uh, go and have a look at the replay, boys. Uh, I was on a horse called El Patroness uh, at $81 uh, and about uh, 17 bucks the place, I think it was. Absolutely climbing over the backs. Certainly going to be one to follow moving forward. Uh, plenty of upside. And there was, there was a few other, other horses I thought were a touch unlucky. Shane, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on the beaten brigade? Yeah, I think last weekend there were plenty that stood out and I think you're going to end up with a tattoo of El Patroness on your, on your shoulder at some <laughs> stage. You're, you're a fan. That's becoming super evident. But look, I'm going to take a different angle. Uh, 
the, to me, the most impressive performance last weekend was Prowess winning the Group 1 in Sydney. Now, yeah. okay, Philly comes out and wins a Group 1, and you kind of go, yeah, she's good. I think she actually could be exceptional, and I love the fact that Roger James took her straight back to New Zealand. She's not loitering around for other autumn carnival riches. She's going to be set for some big, big targets in the spring, and I think she's very special. And the interesting thing, Adam, I'd love your view on this too, is the depth of form coming out of this New Zealand three-year-old crop this year looks to be one of the, the strongest in a long time. It's almost back to when I was a kid sort of, you know, really first getting involved in racing. It was almost every season they'd bring over these high-class New Zealand horses to steal the classics in Australia. And we haven't seen that for a while, but there's a fair bit of depth there. And I think we might see that roll on again this weekend too. Yeah, the Trans-Tasman battle at the moment is exceptional, isn't it? I think it's great for racing. I know a lot of people hate when invaders come across and take the money, but I think the best field we can have, I'd love to see the horses going. We see Fred Kersley's making the trip this week across the board, across the, uh, there as well. So, look, I think it's great for racing. I think Prowess is a serious horse, and I'm with you, Shane. I love that they've said, all right, that's enough. We did our job. We've got our sights on some bigger things later on in the prep and, and didn't get too greedy. I think that just shows they know how good this horse is, and that's just the start of what they think they can achieve. Yeah, really exciting, isn't it? Uh, and there was a bit of a knock, I reckon, about three or four weeks ago. You know, I think the the Australians were kind of keen to knock the New Zealand form. How was it going to stack up all that kind of stuff, which is good, friendly banter. But to be honest, I reckon uh, the Kiwis have got the points at the moment. Yeah, uh, just it's a really important point, particularly for those who love to do form. Um, when you come to these big three-year-old classic races, and quite often you're getting these horses clash on, on numerous occasions. At the end of the day, the form works itself out. And, and if you start seeing a bit of a dominant trend emerge, and this year that the three-year-old form from New Zealand, that three-year-old classic crop, has been strong in the spring and it's strong again in the sort of uh, late summer autumn period. So the depth over there is 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 at elite level. So yep. quite often too, and I think you, you touch on a point, it can be slightly disregarded by the parochialism of, of, of Australia and, you know, the banter angle with our, our Kiwi mates. But um, I think there's a fair bit of value that could potentially still exist this weekend as we head towards the Derby and a few other races on the car. But, yeah, I, I really enjoyed last weekend, but I think it just sets the scene up for what should be a, a massive day this weekend. There's a lot of talent on display. Yeah, let's have a look too, boys. Uh, four Group 1s, uh, starting off with uh, the Doncaster Mile over the 1,600 metres. It's at 5.15, and of course, Mr. Brightside is our favourite. All thanks to Palmer Bet at five bucks. Uh, could not have been any more impressive in the All-Star Mile. Converge at $8.50. Fangirl at $9. Alligator Blood at 10 bucks. Protagonist at $10. Zoo Got You at $11. Ozapenko at 12 Linderman at $17. And Bandersnatch at $18. I'm going to start with you, Adam McGrath. Do you reckon the Victorian form is going to be the form to follow here with Mr. Brightside and Alligator Blood? Look, Shane and I mentioned that we're a little bit slow to the party and because of that, I don't want to join the party, but I feel like I might get slapped in the face for that. So I do think Mr. Bryce, I can win. I'm a huge fan of Alligator Blood, but I think it's time for Fangirl to uh, win this race on the weekend. Look, the draw's obviously horrendous, but we're getting $9, $10, $11 at the moment. We know Marrera's in the saddle, 53.5 kilos. There's a great drop in weight there. The best form in the country is behind Animo. This is where the horse has been uh, going as well. So I think Fangirl's a great little bet here. Just going to need some luck, and I'm happy to back in Marrera to do that. And I think the value bet in the race 
is at number 15, Hope in Your Heart. You're getting sort of $25 to $30 at the moment. Really good winner first up in the group two. Then ran on a good three. And on a good track, that horse's record is eight starts for a win, a second, and a third. Take a look at the soft form, and we may be able to get that soft track on the weekend. Ten starts for five wins. Four starts at the track for two wins. And one from one at the track in distance and carries 50 and a half kilos. I think it's way over the odds and can give a good side as well. So for the uh, Doncaster Mile, I'm going to be playing a little bit of value with both of those runners and hoping that the lightweight can be the difference. It's it's great to see that Marrera gets uh, he gets over here for this uh, this weekend, which is really really exciting. We've had Zach Pert and Ryan Moore. Um, it's just great for racing in general, isn't it, Shane? Yeah, it is. Um, I'm a big fan of it. I love seeing the uh, the top class riders, regardless of location, compete against each other, particularly in Group One races when the pressure's on. So, I'm a big fan of it. I know that there are pockets who don't like it as much. Uh, there's always a, a vocal group in Australian racing when some of these international superstars arrive in town and and, and get the rides in the big Group Ones. And and you know the argument is you know supporting our, our local talent and so on. But it adds so much for mine. I love this race. Always do it. You know, I've said numerous times when we, we've spoken on on this program. Uh, big handicap fields, high class big handicap fields. Uh, my bread and butter. I love it. I will say though, uh, scratching my head excessively, almost pulling my hair out, which is uh, not ideal at my age. <laughs> but the the depth of talent in this race, it's it's a fantastic Doncaster. To me, it's one of the best ones I've seen for quite some time. I had about eight horses that I was thinking could legitimately win on uh, win it. I, I very much align with Adam. I think Fangirl's a great chance. I'm really interested to see what the Waller Mare going global can do now that she's in Australia coming into it fresh. I think Duke DeSessa, another import for Mara and Eustace, looks a really good, interesting prospect. I'm coming down to the three-year-olds, though. And the one I've settled on as the best is number 16, Zugotcha. Um, of course, the last start winner of the Farlap Stakes at Rose Hill a couple of weeks back, given a gem of a ride by James McDonald on that occasion, right down in the weights for a Group 1 winning three-year-old filly over the course and distance, only 50 and a half kilos on her back. Double-figure odds, each way, all day. I think she's a fantastic chance. Uh, in the Doncaster, I'm not too concerned with barrier draws uh, in this race because it's usually run at a really strong tempo from the outset. So it doesn't matter whether you're inside or out. Yep. You find your spot and you, you tend to get your chance. So I, I really like Zugotcha. Her form's impeccable. She's been trained to win this. I think she's going to go very, very close. Now, I might be losing my marbles. I've said that before, and I'm consistent all the way through. But I think Golden Mile will improve here. Um, the Guineas winner, he's at a massive price as well, I think uh, at around uh, $21, give or take. He's proven at the trip. He's proven at the elite level. And old maxims and old you know form trends and so on that I've been following for years and years and years, when you've had horses running in these really strong group one weight for age race, uh, races, then they get into the big group one handicap and are getting a lot of weight relief. He's down to 51 kilos. I think he will run a lot better than what his price is suggesting. I know he was disappointing last start. But the run prior, I thought he was outstanding on that occasion. Um, and again, that's its sort of animo form line. So I think Golden Mile will run really well. And the other one I think we need to factor in if he gets a start is number 21, the first emergency, Ossie Penko, Mick D riding for Chris Waller off the inside barrier. He was also quite good in the George Ryder Stakes. If he doesn't run in the Doncaster, I think he'll win the Carbine Club earlier in the programs, whichever way uh, Waller wants to go. I think he's going to be uh, right in the thick of things on the weekend. But for the Doncaster, my best, Zoo Gotcha each way, my value, Golden Mile each way. Fascinating race. Can't wait.
It is going to be an absolute beauty, that is for sure. And I reckon this one is going to be equally as good. It's the TJ Smith Stakes over the 1,200 metres. Geiger kick uh, at $4.20 for Clayton Douglas. Uh, of course, that magnificent win, uh, of course, uh, in the big sprint race. Uh, its name's eluding me as we... Uh, as the we Everest. Win. The Everest. <laughs> How could I forget the Everest? That meant, I was looking at Peter Valandis will take you off his invite. He'll <laughs> <laughs> be absolutely filthy on me. But uh, it was a, a ripping win that day. And, and I don't know whether you saw the trial boys uh, last week, little jump out around Mornington for Geiger King. It looked uh, sensational. Clayton Douglas really giving a good push. But nature strips at $5 in secret. Could not have been any more impressive last start at $5.50. I wish I win from the Moody Yard at nine bucks, Private Eye at nine dollars, Mizzou at $13, Passive Aggressive at $13, and Lofty Strike at 17 bucks. This field is absolutely brilliant. And I must admit, I know you boys are really pumped about the Doncaster. I'm equally as pumped about this sprint race. I reckon it is going to be an absolute ripping addition. Shane, I'm going to come back to you firstly for this one. It's a beauty. It is. What a race. Uh, it always, uh, since it became a Group 1 race uh, about 12 years ago, give or take, um, uh, it's really just blossomed. And it is arguably um, the best sprint race we have in Australia now. I know we've got the Everest and we've got other Group 1 races, but I love it. What is interesting to me this year is we've got the proven champ, Nature Strip, who's won this for the past three years in a row, but his form line's a bit different. Uh, in those three wins, he went from the Lightning into the Challenge into the Everest, this year, he went first up in the Lightning. He was flat. He's missed the challenge. Waller clearly thinks he's going well, the old boy, and he comes into the race to try and win it for the fourth time. But at $5, when we've got a slight question mark around him, if you're a Nature Strip fan, you're getting value, you're getting a good price for the champ, and you know he's a proven elite class performer, but I can't have him. Geiger Kick, I love. Uh, he's very, very impressive, as you rightly say, Matt. Uh, his trial was impeccable. His first up run was outstanding. He's going to be right in the thick of things. But I just love the way that the new market for, new market form is coming together. So for that reason, I'm sticking with the new market form. I think in secret, the winner of that race where she displayed outstanding acceleration to, to put the race to bed at the right time, I think she is a very, very strong chance in this. I don't mind her being drawn out wide with Ben Millam in the saddle. Uh, she's not always the best to begin, so she usually settles second half of the field and comes with a steaming run. She's proven over the course and distance. Great record at 1,200 metres. I'm happy to be within secret as my best. And the value, the horse I really loved in the new market was I Wish I Win. Terrific in the Lightning, equally as good in the new market. Big price, but again, we know he's going to be back off speed and running home strongly late in the piece. So I'm happy to be within secret is the best. The value, uh, I Wish I Win, but whichever way you want to go, there's so many good prospects, particularly with those at the top of the market. Good luck. It's going to be a great race. Oh, it's going to be an absolute beauty, isn't it, Ad? Yeah, certainly is. As uh, Shane said, I think this is uh, one of the best fields we've seen in a little while and so competitive. And I'm going to go with Geiger Kick. I'm a big fan of this horse. I was there when it won the Everest and then I thought the first up run was huge by this runner. I love that Zachy Purton's in the saddle. We know he can handle the track and distance. If there's any sting out of it, I think that's only going to be more beneficial. So I've got uh, Geiger Kick on top there and uh, I wish I wins the value runner for me as well. Like Shane said, I lost uh, no admirer. I don't think I lost any admirers last start at all. Horse got great at the distance, goes well on the soft track, and uh, for mine, is ticking along very well. Again, not too concerned about the draw because I do think they will go along uh, pretty quick here. So happy to play with it at the $10. And there's just a, a small little note. Say if I was playing with $100, I'd probably go 60 on Giga Kick at that $4 mark, 
30 on I wish I win and just a little $10 saver on lost and running around that $20. The trials have been huge. No, it's had a bit of a setback, but it goes really well first up. And again, if there's a bit of sting out of the track, Huey Bowman knows his score so well, I think he can run on well. But uh, Geiger kick and I wish I win will be my major plays for the TJ. And the thing with I wish I win too is uh, you know that he handles that Sydney way of going too. Uh, could not have been. I think he's better that way. I, I do oh, too. I do too. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's going to be a really interesting race, I reckon. Uh, you're certainly getting a bit of value, and to be honest, uh, you know, if if Nature Ship had to come out and and won um, first up, you know, it's probably opening up at two dollars fifty in this race. So you're getting five bucks, so it's a bit of a luxury, to be honest, isn't it? Yeah, agree with that, and that's the thing. I mean, I, I'm just a, a sucker for old school trends. Um, so yeah. you know, I like horses when they've had a target and it works out that way historically. You know, as I said earlier, lightning to the challenge has proven for Nature Strip three years in a row. This year, it's a slightly variable yep. with not running in the challenge. But you're getting one of the biggest prices about a proven international superstar. Yeah. Um, you know, five dollars if you like Nature Strip and you want to stick with him. Great bet at that price. But uh, for me, I'm, I'm happy to side with the new market form. But which, as I said earlier, and I think Adam makes a really strong point around, you know, go kick, uh, whichever way you want to go in this race, uh, sit back and enjoy because you, you'll get a good run for your money. And uh, in secret's got the informed Benny Mellum too, uh, which is just, there's plenty of stories, to be honest, uh, to be had. Australian Derby is the next feature we want to have a look at over the 2,400 metres. The market, all thanks to Palmer Bet, Sharp and Smart at 3.30. Pericles at uh, $4.20. Mark Twain at $7.50. Manzois at $14. Andalus at $15. Japanese Emperor 16 Elliptical at $18. Stroke of Luck, who had no luck last week at $18 and full of sincerity. At $21, Adam McGrath, I'm going to start with you. What are your thoughts on the derby, mate? I'm not going to go too far down the list here. I'm going to focus on the top two runners. My best bet will be sharp and smart. We just talked about the New Zealand rival and Australian rival, obviously uh, winning the New Zealand uh, derby last start and also the uh, grade one, the start before that as well. Finished second in the Vic derby last preparation behind Manzois and was able to win the grade one champion at Randwick as well, over 2,000 metres. So this horse is just ticking along nicely. The six wins from 11 starts. Huey Bowman takes the ride, handles all conditions, uh, tick, tick, tick for mine. I think it'll run a really good race. And for mine, Manzois is uh, almost the forgotten horse here. Mickey D's in form. He's riding well for Chris Waller and getting some great opportunities. You only have to go back to last preparation when he won the Vic Derby. They put the blinkers on. They go up in trip third up now again. Yeah, there is a bit of a sting out of the ground and they can run on a soft track. He's only going to be suited. And I think the price around that $14 mark for Manzois is well and truly over the odds. I see him being a big improver. So, yeah, I'll be focusing on the top two there, but I think sharp and smart would be very hard to beat. What do you reckon, Shano? Yeah, I think Adam makes really strong cases for both of those horses. Um, I was keen. I remember Manzois was my value bet going into the derby in Victoria when he saluted a big price there. I agree with Adam. I think he's going really well. Uh, sharp and smart's done nothing wrong all the way through his career. I mean, he's an outstanding three-year-old, so strong at the end of his races. Um but I am banking on the New Zealand derby form, but I'm just taking a slightly different approach to it. Sharp and smart, I think, right, a worthy favourite, right, is appropriate mark. But there were two runs in the New Zealand derby that were terrific. And the more I've watched the replay, the more I'm taking out of it. I thought Mark Twain was simply outstanding. He was in a hopeless position. He was so far off them in the derby, but he steamed home to finish fourth. Trained by uh, Roger James, who, of course, won the group one last weekend. From a good draw, barrier number five, I don't think he needs to get so far out of his ground this time. So he can race midfield or perhaps even a little bit handy to the speed. He gives every indication he'll be suited by Ramwick. His racing style suggests that. 
And of course, uh, I think he's very, very good at 2,400 metres. So I'm happy to go with the New Zealand Derby form. I'm putting my best as Mark Twain each way at around that sort of $7.50 mark, give or take, $8 if we can get that, hopefully, from our, our friends at Palmer Bet. Uh, the value runner for mine is the other horse that ran really well in the New Zealand Derby, and that is Andalus, uh, currently at about $15, give or take. Um, Zach Burton takes a ride. Again, he was terrific in the New Zealand Derby. Uh, he just couldn't get past up and smart. I think now progressing on from that run, again, he's drawn midfield. He's had, you know, four really strong runs so far this campaign and all been good. Just at the price, I think he's a value bet. So I'll stick with the Kiwis, but Mark Twain, my best each way. Andalus, $15 each way is a value bet. But uh, if you like the favourite, great bet as well. So I'm not knocking him. I'm just looking for a little bit more value in the price at the current time. Well, let's have a look at the size produce over the 1,400 metres and uh, our market, all thanks to Palmer Bet Cylinder at 220, V8 at 550, Don Corleone at $6, Brave Mead $9.50, Empire of Japan at $15, Mahaba at 19 bucks, Cafe Millennium $20, and Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid at $21. Shane Anderson, I'm going to start with you. You tip V8 uh, first up uh, and absolutely blew them away from the Tony and Kelvin McAvoy yard. Are you sticking? fat here mate and uh and going with uh with the victorian raider i am so loyal i am sticking with him um with a couple of caveats let me just say i mean traditionally the golden slipper form into the size is the best form um but this year in the golden slipper i thought the favorite um uh cylinder had every chance to win that race and I'm not convinced, even though he's drawn well, I'm not convinced 1,400 metres is really going to suit him at this stage of his career. So $2.20 bothers me a little bit. So I just keep coming back to V8. Two starts, dominant big margin win at Pakenham. He followed that up at Flemington with an outstanding win in the size produce stakes. I don't mind him being drawn wide. Uh, I think that gives uh, Damien Lane every chance to get him slotted in wherever he wants to be. He can roll forward and perhaps be on speed or perhaps midfield, maybe even slightly worse than midfield. But we just know once he balances up, he's got great acceleration, big, powerful two-year-old. I can see him finishing over the top of them all. So I'm happy to be with him as my best each way, maybe one unit the win, two units the place type approach for him. My value bet. Marrera and Waller combine on Militarize, which is currently a massive price. I think at about $34 from what I see. Uh, complete forgive run in the Golden Slipper. He was slow to begin, then knocked over at the 600 metres, so just forget he went around. He start before that. Plenty to like about his performance in the Todman, where I think he, he looked like a horse that was only going to get better with a step up and trip. He's got the inside barrier at $34 each way. I think he'll give us a really good run for our money. But V8, top selection. I hope he can do it again. Love him. What do you reckon, Ads? I've got similar thoughts to Shane here regarding Cylinder. I thought it was given a perfect ride by J-Mac last time, and I thought, uh, to be honest, probably should have won on that occasion to be the 220 price that he is now. I don't think he did anything wrong, but if I'm backing up, was at 220 going into this, who has every possible chance last start, I want to see a little bit more. So I'm going to go a little bit rogue and back two runners here and then a value runner as well. Um, I'm going to start with Don Corleone. Look, I thought the run was still pretty good last time. It wasn't taking a huge ground off Cylinder late, but... I just think Chase Well, Sting out of the ground, Hugh Bowman in the saddle from barrier two can just stalk them over the 1,400 metres and around that $7 price at the moment, I think that's a nice little play. I'm also going to play V8 in the race uh, for the exact same reasons that Shane said. I mean, for a horse to be five weeks between runs, have to move out around traffic, then let down and just absolutely blow them away. Uh, I thought it was super impressive. The McAvoys know how to travel. They know which horses to travel with as well, which is more importantly. So I could play $45 on Don Corleone at about sevens, $45 on V8 about sixes, 
And then the one that I just put the $10 on for a bit of value would be Cafe Millennium, uh, two-year-old Colt by not a single doubt. The day we win the Piero was really impressive over 1,100 metres, got back, flew the final 100 metres. Then last start uh, when racing behind cylinder, the race just didn't suit at all. Has Tom Marquin in the saddle now, 56.5 kilos. They end up putting the winkers on out to the 1,400 metres. I think if there's going to be a blowout, you're sort of getting around that $17 to $20 mark at the moment. I think that could be the way to play. So happy to take on cylinder and play those three runners to uh, hopefully ensure that we get a bit of profit. Love the theory and the thought process there, Ad, that is for sure. Now, listen, what about the rest of uh, the card at Ramwick on Saturday? Or Bendigo or uh, Ascot in Perth. Uh, what do you got for us? I'll go back to you, Shane. Uh, thanks, mate. Uh, look, I, as I said earlier, if Ossipenko runs at the Doncaster, the first emergency, I think he can back him each way from the inside barrier, but he's also accepted where he's a, a very short price favourite for the Carbine Club Stakes, race number two. I think it's around $1.80. If he runs in the Carbine Club stakes, I think he's a good thing. So I'm really going to have a crack at him in that. But I found one at a big price that I really, really like, and that is the Adrian Knox stakes, race number four. Hear me out for a second. I know it's a group three race on paper. When you actually look at the quality of the field, it's a benchmark 65. Uh, Kiramar and David Eustace have got a filly called Med uh, Medelsa, who won on debut over 1,600 metres at Ararat. She was impressive on that occasion. She's going to this race for a second start. She's currently at around $14 or $15 in a race that really does lack depth. And, I mean, normally you'd say a maiden into a group three, mm, it's going to be a tough step. It's not actually a really strong group three. So I'm happy to have a bet on her each way at that $14, $15 mark, Medelsa, but very keen on Ossipenko, whichever way he goes. What about you, Ads? Yeah, got two over at Ascot. Uh, we'll start with race one, number two, Super Session. It was a pretty hard watch last time. Uh, didn't really get out at any stage. Christy Parnham was looking for a way out and just couldn't. Uh, Lucy Fiore takes a ride now, formerly Lucy Warwick. He gets a two-kilo swing on leniency. I think the speed in the race is going to suit. And I think it'll be very hard to hold out. And then race five, number two, Thomas Magnum was actually beaten by Super Session in the start before, came out and won last time. Again, Jamie Stable is firing on all cylinders at the moment, and this is a, a really nice horse. So uh, Super Sessions and Thomas Magnum at Ascot, uh, no prices out yet, but hopefully uh, we can see some nice odds about both of those runners. Love it, boys. Uh, and I thought you would have been all over Queen Air and the St. Ledger at Bendigo uh, from the Lindsay Smith Yard. I think over number 260. I think it's been crunched already into two bucks. Expect here to win. And I reckon they might pull the trigger and go the Sydney way uh, instead of the uh, the Adelaide way if uh, if she can come out and uh, win convincingly on the weekend from uh, from the Lindsay Smith Yard. So that is, uh, that is my best bet. Uh, I reckon that horse got plenty of upside and uh, by all accounts has absolutely trained on a, a, a treat. Uh, Lindsay got it uh, absolutely humming. So uh, that's the way I'm going, boys. But uh, it is going to be a wonderful, wonderful weekend of racing of course gamble responsibly that is the key message download the palmer bed app it's a really simple app uh to uh to, to navigate around so download get involved but do it in a responsible way shane anderson adam mcgrath great to talk to you boys on fire the last couple of weeks let's hope you can continue it this week because the followers are walking away with pockets full of cash each and every week fingers crossed boys they can't wait thanks guys What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, call the number on the screen or visit the website.